Human beings are so dumb. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I'd let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those lots for love type of situations. Impolite. People always shit fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My finger's always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? Before we get it. Into, I know you have a hot take, Ian, that we're going to get into, but before we move on, we got to do our corrections, clarifications, and apologies. <laughs> so this one is uh, an apology to Chesney Goodson, because we do our, our um, promotion on the social medias, and uh, apparently Ian thinks all black people look alike. Hey. So the Mr. Funny Guy tagged on our Facebook promo is not actually Chesney Goodson. Oh, no. It's ah. some other guy who is also black, so at least you got that part right. Tell he, me it's uh, not like had... Samuel L. Jackson or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's some, uh, I don't know. I'm assuming it's a funny guy because he goes by Mr. Funny Guy. But it is not Chesney. So apologies to Chesney Goodson for tagging you as some other black guy. <laughs> On Dude, Facebook, but you know, Ian can't tell your people apart. In my defense, I just copy and pasted what Carlos wrote in the Patreon, which was at Mr. Funny Guy. I just copy and pasted that and just threw it in there. I didn't even fucking tag or look at shit. It just magically behind the scenes tagged somebody. Apparently, the I, wrong did, I, I, I didn't tag him as Mr. Funny Guy on Patreon. You said his handle was at Mr. Funny Guy. Well, on I think Instagram. you said for Instagram. So, so he's not uh, Mr. F- Funny Guy on all the other shit? Okay. Hey, don't try to weasel out of this and blame it on me. <laughs> we know you can't tell black people apart. Well, how about if guests get it's the same tag on all their social media shits? Yeah, oh, yeah, kind of like how we have the same podcast handle across the board. <laughs> 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 yeah, God, I really hope everybody else can get it together like us. Do better than us is the point I'm trying to make here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, be the change yeah. we want to see. <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> so yeah so that but it's uh, uh hopefully ian can correct that at some point uh, honestly i don't think like, chesney is on facebook at all right now i think he's like on twitter and instagram but i don't think he's on facebook i'm surprised we haven't gotten any thanks from the mr funny guy that you did tag yeah dude, we're, might... we're giving him some free publicity <laughs> here did, i mean what was his social media like i mean did it ha- even have a picture of a person or yeah it, like i said it's a black dude and okay. he does categorize himself as a comedian i'm assuming he's very edgy because in his profile picture he's giving the finger so you know uh, this guy doesn't okay. give a fuck he's a badass so, so far we're, we got some consistencies and he currently as of today has zero followers but i'm sure that'll change once people listen to oh yeah, uh, yeah. our episode of indecorous comedy his ship is gonna blow up he's gonna get that indecorous bump that's right. And he'd be like, where are all these motherfuckers coming from? How am I getting so popular all of a sudden? It's like, Ian. Were you, trying to, were you just Ian. Tr- trying to throw a little bit of twang on that there, Carlos? <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what that word even means. I'm just fucking, I'm talking like I talk, bro. I'm from the streets. I detected a southern drawl there. <laughs> so, yeah, people say nothing good ever comes out of racism. Ian's racism is going to bump this guy up. <laughs> all right, he's getting some free publicity out of it. It's more lack of QC on my part. I literally just copy and pasted the same shit. Wasn't physically tagging people. But yeah, I mean, my negligence has potentially made a superstar out of an unknown. So yeah, yeah. So something good came yeah. out of it. What else is going on, Ian? Ah, dude. So this is a 
fresh story that just is right off the presses, baby. So um, depending on your religious views, either the chosen one or the Antichrist was just born this week. You guys oh, heard about yeah. this? No. No. Did you have another kid or something? So a baby, <laughs> <laughs> a baby with motherfucking three dicks was born in Iraq this past week. So this baby <laughs> will live up to the proverbial two in the pink, one in the stink creed like it's his fucking calling card. I mean, this dude is going to be the next fucking game changer. I mean, so these dicks are all in different locations so that he could actually accomplish that, right? You know, I didn't like try to look at any uh, baby naked dick pictures of this little fucker. I'm assuming it's a... Uh... I, I don't believe you. <laughs> right, I'll just I'll just Google it right now. Uh, what is it? Baby naked dick? Is that what yeah. I need to say? <laughs> Yeah, just you know, you know, any, anything in the dark web should probably get you that result okay. anyway. So, I mean, in your but case, think, it's gonna fill right in, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just I just typed in baby. You type in oh, B, and it's yeah, <laughs> takes you right there. But I'm thinking this dude's already getting sponsorship offers from Pornhub and X Hamster. They're they're already doing the recruiting process. You know how like NBA and NFL they try to go after the the high school kids, get them while they're young, kind of thing. All the porn studios are trying to go ahead and get this guy while he's a fucking three-day-old baby. Wait, I, I thought it was just you going after high school kids, getting them while they're young. <laughs> it's funny because there was, uh, I, for a while, and I think I've heard of this actually happening before with the kids born with more than one dick. I always wonder, like, well, one of the questions is kind of like what Bobby brought up is what order, like, where, what, what's the placement? Are, like, horizontal or vertical, you know, like? You would think <laughs> vertical would be more convenient if you're going to try the whole DP thing. If they're horizontal, that's kind of a waste, to be honest. Like, actually, it sounds painful because then when you go in, the other two dicks are like splitting. Yeah. Doing a split. That sounds painful as fuck. Or, or you just have like, yeah, you got two extra dicks, but they're all like, it's one on each foot. Yeah. That's not helping anybody. You know? exactly. All right. So, so, so for the listeners at home, to give you guys the visual, I looked it up. So the second penis was attached to the root of the first penis, and the third penis was right below the scrotum. Below okay. the scrotum? Yeah, like in the chode, basically, the little special spot, you know, the gooch. Isn't so, that the taint? Yeah, that's the taint, yeah. So basically, you got one penis is right in the taint position, and one is actually coming right off the root of the fucking first penis. Technically, yeah, dude, perfect for the DP. Let's be it. I guess, I guess, yeah, but that one in the back's the one that concerns me, the one behind it. <laughs> it's always that back penis you gotta watch out for. Yeah, that back penis, dude. I guess he can fuck himself, though, right? If it's back there, it should be within oh, the length of his dude. Yeah, yeah, own yeah. ass if he's into that. <laughs> Has anybody okay, asked dude. this baby if he's into that yet? You can find I mean, this I out. The, I think we gotta start, not a GoFundMe, but like a change.org to make sure his parents don't whack his fucking extra junk off because this is one of those third world countries where they probably would do that. So um, fingers crossed that maybe all this gender mutilation that's very popular in the females doesn't trickle down to this beautiful and decorous boy that's probably the chosen one. Yeah, hopefully they don't maim him. Although I have heard stories of people that are born with both genitals and the parents that they're going to go with one or the other. They just do a coin toss kind of thing. Yeah, and then they guess wrong, and now the person's like, I feel like I'm a boy, but I got a a J, or I feel like... Yeah. Yeah, like you got this fucking guy with like a completely tiny penis because it was really just an oversized clit, and then you got this other chick with an Adam's apple walking around. So yeah, I mean, sometimes they get it wrong is the point, I guess. I think what it was is I read a AMA of this guy that had two 
dicks. That's what they're called, right? AMAs, the Reddit shits? Yeah. Ass, mouth, ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. ass, mouth, ass, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And I think I read that, and then after that, I started having dreams that I had two dicks. Like, it was a recurring... <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had it in a, in a long time, but I, it was a recurring thing, and they were both fucking <laughs> nice, man. They were good dicks, because I'm always afraid when... <laughs> People talk about, because you hear stories like, oh yeah, you hear, that guy's got seven fingers. And you look at the other two and they're like these malformed, grotesque fingers things. don't count, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, goes to finger? What the fuck? And so that's what I always think is like, oh, somebody has two penises, but then one is like Quasimodo dick or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But mine were nice. Like when I had um, my dreams, both were good, good length, good girth. Were these like lucid dreams? So you were putting them to use? I don't remember. That's a great question, but I don't remember if they were lucid or not. So when you woke up with like morning wood and you only had one dick, were you sad, Carlos? I don't know. I think because I think it's a double-edged sword. You know what I mean? Because I, I not that I had that much time with the two dicks, but I imagine like when you're peeing, like which way is the pee coming out? Or now you got to direct uh, two yeah. screens, that sort Can of. Can you thing. like hold one to like keep the flow from you're just going one at a time? But here's the one thing I did come up with. Like, well, if you have two dicks and you're probably gonna get into porn, yeah. that's kind of inevitable. You're made for it. So I came up with a porn name for the two dick guy, Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> oh, there you go. Like, it, I think that works well as the porn name of the two. I don't dick know, man. Guy. I think uh, you know might have a situation here where it's mo dicks, mo problems. You know. Welcome to episode 85 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 35 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensibly distinguished educational comedy show. Either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host Carlos Valencia and joining me here is Bobby D. Yo. And Ian. What's happening? So today we are going to be answering listener questions, talking about indecorous news, and we'll be diving deep into the history of indecorous religions. But before we get into any of that, let's welcome our guest today, Stuart Huff, everybody. Stuart, how you doing, my friend? I am good. I still am uh, partial to that intro. That's a good intro. You like it still? Okay, good, man. Yeah, I, I had to write it all down. I can't claim that I memorized all that shit, but... I, I mentioned to you last time we tried to do this is I, I've listened to your podcast and I realized how difficult it is to even memorize the name of a podcast. So I have to write that shit down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me. But uh, yeah, I like the little intro. So, so far, so good. Okay, cool. What And what is the name of your podcast, Stuart? Uh, Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. There we go. Okay, that was more of a test. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's accurate. You know, it just took me literally a season to get it even anywhere near memorized, you know? I mean, the way I do my podcast is about twice a year, I load up my car with junk. It, my podcast is centered around my collection of junk. And I, I load up my car and I drive to Kentucky and I record like 35 or 40 episodes in seven days. Oh, Holy shit. shit. Wow. And then I leave and I don't ever think about it once I leave. So, right. It's not like I was saying the title every other day, you know, it was like right. twice a year. So, so what substance are you picking up in Kentucky to where you can do that much podcasting? In a, <laughs> such a short period of time. Um, yeah. Well, Kentucky, uh, the podcast channel I'm on, Perfecta, is in Kentucky and they had oh, nice. this, um, they had this really nice stu podcast studio. It was huge and very comfortable, and 
And so, and a lot of my friends would come from Chicago or, uh, you know, Cincinnati or, you know, and Kentucky really seemed like a central place if you want to do a podcast face to face. Yeah, that's a good point. I I didn't even think about that because that's a, that's definitely the way to go. I mean, if it wasn't because of this COVID stuff, that's the way we were doing it before COVID is in person and you can everything you can control everything. You have to deal with all these technical issues. So yeah, that would be a great spot to fucking get guests and people that are coming through. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm basically asking a lot. I'm asking you know my my guests to physically come to Kentucky. So and some of them fly, you know. And oh wow, I mean, so I I just wanted to make it very nice and uh, a nice like vacation and and make sure everybody's food is paid for and. You know what have you? Uh, you know what I mean. Make it a, a yeah. cool place instead of let's meet in some horrible hotel room or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Nah, it's great, man. That's the reason it's in Kentucky. Right on, man. Well, we like to start the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. We accept all questions, but we rarely have an answer for any of them. Question one is always, where do I send questions? And that's in decorouscomedy at gmail dot com or through social media. Facebook, Instagram at Indecorous Comedy, Twitter at Indecorous Pod, Patreon at TheDemShits.com, or just Indecorous Comedy. And how do you spell Indecorous, Bobby? That's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. That's right. The first question comes from Camille, and she asks, What is one weird fact or tidbit you'll never forget? Now, I thought, this is not really a funny tidbit at all, but... It's just a fact that I know that just has always stuck with me. And it's that I know that in the 1986 Soccer World Cup, Argentina beat South Korea 3-1. to one. And I don't know why that stuck with me because that happened when I was about six years old. And I remember it. I just know to this day, like if you ever have to test me whenever I'm getting old and senile... If you ask me what the score was of Argentina, South Korea in 86, and I can't tell you that, then you know I'm starting to lose it. That, I like that. I like that card. So, and I'm assuming you're a soccer fan? Yes, I'm a, I've always, I grew up a big soccer fan. Okay, so that makes a little more sense. Like, oh, yeah. And was that, was that one of your teams playing? That was, yeah, it was actually the 86 World Cup is famous for Argentina winning the World Cup in Mexico when uh, Maradona, who's the, one of the greatest players of all time. So I was six. I was living in Colombia. That's the other part of it. And, you know, soccer is huge in South America, basically all over the world except the United States. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a huge thing. But the thing is, like, as big as it was, I couldn't tell you the score of any of the other games. I just remember that one specifically was 3-1, to one, and it stuck with me. How about you, Stuart? You got any weird facts or tidbits you'll never forget? Um, I like, I like facts. I like, uh, I don't know. I like the idea that some things stick in your brain and others don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. I don't know what age I am. I, uh, numbers are lost on me. (laughs) Um, I have lied about my age in the wrong direction before. <laughs> Made myself older than I am because I don't really. I'm not good with numbers. They love that in show business, by the way, when you tell them that you're old. Yeah. <laughs> things that stick with me are more like human behavior things that I'm just. I don't know. Like uh, the first ten year, the first decade of this country, the United States of America, deciding that bestiality should be against the law. 
the first decade, we punished in court the animal. What? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That is amazing. That's and that's a fact. Yeah, that's a this, fact. Yeah. So this poor horse gets raped twice, and we treat him like a repeat offender. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I'll never forget that. I mean, every and it, it pops up in my mind, like when people say, "Oh, this country's getting so dumb. We haven't fallen from any great height." You know, <laughs> we've been dumb for a very long time, you know, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, I put that right up there with like, if she floats, she's a witch, you know, that kind of, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thinking, you know, it is. Uh, we do weird news stories on the podcast and we did do one about a guy in a country in Africa that had sex with a goat. And then they brought the goat to court to face her. <laughs> to make him, make him face his accuser. Yeah, face. Yeah. Well, not the accuser because she's the victim. So they you know, face the whatever. The perpetrator. The perpetrator, perpetrator. Yeah. yeah. Pointing that one hoof at him, you know? It was weird. It was weird enough as it is, but you fucking even top that. We're trying to punish the fucking animal now. Good Lord. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's amazing to, if you stop and think, like, I don't understand how a human brain act literally came up with that. I mean, I understand that you're trying to get out of a bestiality charge and you yes. accuse an animal, but a court of law did it. Yes. I mean, they, so at some point there was talk like, did you guys hear the bad news? Another sheep fucked Roger. You know? <laughs> Roger has the worst luck. Roger's always getting gang raped by these sheep. Yeah. yeah, every time he leaves the house. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that sticks in my mind, like when I'm just literally dumbfounded at human behavior. I I'd see, I'd seem to never forget it, you know? That's a great one, yeah. How about you, Ian, Bobby? You guys got any weird facts or tidbits that you'll never forget? Yeah, dude. So um, I'm sort of a walking Encyclopedia Britannica for indecorous, horrible facts, but um, this one starts out really, really wholesome. So... You guys might have guessed this or might know this, but um, the most upvoted comment in the history of Reddit has an interesting story behind it. So okay. the famous Rick Asley of Rick Roll fame was doing an AMA on Reddit. And he was just, Ask you know, me anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ask me anything or ask mouth to ass, as we've already okay. established yeah, yeah, earlier. As Bobby likes to say. <laughs> so... You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, he was just taking fan, you know, 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 requests for questions or whatever. And this one guy was like, man, I can't believe it's you. I met you backstage at a show 10 years ago and it was the most beautiful picture and it changed my entire life. Here's a link. And then guess what it was a link to? Well, bam, Rick rolled motherfucking Rick Asley himself. Wow. And that became the most upvoted comment in all of Reddit history. And what's interesting is as he was talking to just that one guy that got lucky there was like a thousand people commenting also. And if you go down the history of that post, buried like a thousand comments down, someone tried to do the exact same thing, but instead of it being a Rickroll, it was to a picture of Goatsy. Oh, no, that, no, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that, that took a dark turn. So, <laughs> remind me what Goatsy is again? Oh, man, you don't want to know. Okay. It's a, it's a guy spreading his butthole, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, all, I'm all set there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bobby's like, which one? Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to be more specific about the spreading the butthole. I think the one random fact that 
has kind of stuck out for me that's not really that fun or anything, but is just that the first ever Bitcoin transaction was somebody paying 5,000 Bitcoin for a pizza. <laughs> and that's just, yeah, that, that'll, that'll just kind of always stick with me as one of those random things, you know? Yeah, yeah five thousand. I I'm not good enough at math to do the to do the it's calculations right right now. Or I think when it because it was up to like fifty grand or so recently. I'm not sure yeah, what it's at today, yeah. but that's two hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two hundred and fifty million dollar pizza must have been an epic pizza. Though. A quarter of a billion dollar pizza. They must have gotten like stuffed crust or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the regret, I think, at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the only other one, though, was just that the artist that did the mural at Facebook was offered the choice between taking $25,000 in cash or like 2% of company stock or whatever, whatever it was, whatever percentage. <laughs> and he opted to take the stock. And then years later, that ended up being worth $225 million. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like the opposite of... Uh... Colonel Sanders, the actual guy, Colonel Sanders, was offered an appearance fee uh, for whenever he shows up to do these, you know, corporate or, you know, whatever, fundraising things, or a percentage of every time they used his face. And he took the show up fee. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he was like, he was like, whatever, like 90 and still had to go out to some stupid picnic and walk around and get his picture taken for 300 bucks oh my god yeah i and i've thought about that too because now they just do well i mean not just now i think they started doing this at least 10 years ago where they just have some famous actor impersonating the colonel he'd be i mean imagine get royalties from that too right i don't know yeah he's he's gone the colonel i think he um died from too much travel so, yeah, yeah. yeah I they committed suicide after realizing what a mistake that was. Right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we got our second question here. It comes from Jordan. And now follow this one. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this one. I had sort of heard of it in the past. Here it is. If the ship of Theseus is repaired as it was originally intended with its not original parts, but still in its original design, is it still the ship of Theseus? Have you guys heard this analogy before? No. Okay, it's basically, I heard it years ago when I took like a Philosophy 101 class. I didn't know there was a name for the ship, but the professor basically explained it as, you got a ship, and over the years you're going to have to replace parts because they start getting old and rusty, and eventually the ship doesn't have any of the original parts anymore because everything's been replaced. Is it still the same ship? Yeah, I would say because... Once you name the ship Theseus, that's it forever, unless it changes gender, and then <laughs> Theseus becomes its dead name. Oh, okay. Uh, and you have to ask the ship. Yes. Right, you have to ask the ship. It becomes a really interesting question when AI is brought in, right? Yeah. So to me, my answer with my personality, I, I'm not claiming this is the correct answer, but if you were to upgrade parts and this wheel broke or whatever, and you were going to try to replicate the actual part the way it was used when the ship was built, then yes, it's the same ship. But if you're adding GPS to it, it is not the same ship. 
Okay, so if, if it remains with the same kind of uh, bells and whistles, for the lack of a better way of putting it, and you don't enhance it, it still remains the same ship. That would be my where I would lay my coin, yeah. But I'm not claiming I'm right. That's just personality-based opinion, you know? Yeah, and I think that's why it's interesting, because it's I don't think there is a right answer to this. It's just what everybody's opinion is. Yeah. I think regardless, the point is we need some better questions. <laughs> I think it's a great question. I think because the, the human body regenerates itself as well. Like we're constantly shedding cells. And yeah. The, but we still have the same personality basically from day to day, unless you have some kind of brain injury or some shit. Yeah, I think every 10 years we recycle something like 99% of all the skin cells and all the bone marrow and all that shit so we're pretty much a different human being every 10 years yeah that's what i've heard is scientists would say that we are a different human like even personality wise you're not the same human being you were at 10 when you're 50 so their answer would be it's not the same ship yeah and again it's one of those where it's like it's not a bad answer it's just a question of the perspective that you're uh, approaching it with yeah so that's your answer jordan i think we figured it out yeah, that that age-old question is now dead. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, we can put that one to rest. Our third and last question of the night comes from Nathan, and Nathan asks, "What is the best cheese?" I think it, it depends on the application, really. Is that right? Mm. Is it like it depends on whether you're on the ship of Theseus? Exactly. <laughs> I think it just it really depends on what you're eating it with. You know what I mean? Like if. If you're having like a Greek salad or something and they were to put Swiss cheese on it, that'd be fucking weird. Okay. You know, you need feta in that situation. So, yeah, it just really depends on the on the application, you know. Well, wait, wait, did you say Caesar salad requires feta? No, a Greek salad. Oh, Greek salad. Oh, Greek salad. Okay, yeah. I was going to call you a monster. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, fucking mm -hmm. try and double check my work, motherfucker. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like cheese that pisses people off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the very touchy subjects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I'm all for that. I like passion. I never question passion. I just enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as people are getting fired up. Yeah, then, then I'll stand by and watch them. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, they also wonder about that. I mean, with I don't know much about food in general, but yeah. So you said Greek goes feta cheese. But I wonder if it's, is it really that that's the best cheese that goes with that? Or is it just because we're used to that, that being the case? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, it's probably a gimmick. I think the blue cheese people, the feta cheese people, they all have these little recipes they kind of have a mini monopoly on, so to speak. Better tread lightly, Ian. Kind of like the Cadbury <laughs> egg fuckers. I mean, Cadbury egg fuckers pretty much own Easter. Yeah, I think uh, my guess would be that Carlos is right, that Learned behavior is in everything, right? So if you grew up eating ketchup on your eggs, then that is the way you do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. right? But if you grew up and that never happened in your house, the first time you see it, it's the most disgusting thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I think there's some food. I'm not a foodie either, but I know that there are some foods that the actual name of the fish or the animal was disgusting so they had to change the name of the animal in order to make people buy it. I mean, there's that, there's that fascinating thing down in Louisiana with Nutria, which is essentially a giant rodent. And they're overpopulated and they don't have any predators. Nothing's eating them. So they, the state of Louisiana hired like 
20 of the best chefs in the country to come down there and try to come up with recipes. Maybe we can, oh, wow. maybe we can eat the alligators won't even eat these things, but maybe humans will. And they put it on the menu as nutria and then no one's eating it because it's a big rodent. So then they had to change, they changed the name to something that sounded all, you know, delicious or whatever. And then people started ordering it. That is fucking interesting. Is that that rodent that like comes out at night? And uh, I, I remember like an yeah. episode of Insomniac with Dave Attell <laughs> and some guy like took him out shooting these animals at night because that was his job. No, I think you guys are thinking of the chupacabra. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. I always get those two confused. Right. You, we, yeah, you get those confused. Nutria are literally everywhere. In Louisiana, they're such a huge problem. And we found zero chupacabras. <laughs> yeah. But I've heard they're delicious. <laughs> they are delicious. I don't remember that David Tell episode, but that, I mean, literally, they, they encourage people in Louisiana, please go out at night and shoot a couple hundred of these things. <laughs> well, maybe they need to go the other way around to give it an even worse name than Nutria, and then people are just going to revile it so much that they'll be encouraged to go out and shoot all these motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, just make everybody hate them. Or just develop a Nutria-fueled car. <laughs> I like that. There you go. That's all. That's the solution. So that's the answer to that question of the best cheese. <laughs> yeah. That is the best kind of cheese. There's nutrient-filled <laughs> dog. <laughs> All right, it's time for our segment, segment of the podcast, Indecorous News. There's the segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. Fuck yeah. That's right. Story number one, the headline is Ravens accused of stealing groceries from Alaska Costco customers. <laughs> this uh, source is Huffington Post, Anchorage Daily News. And I'll let Ian tell us a little bit more about it. So some Alaska Costco shoppers said they've had their groceries stolen by Ravens in the store parking lot. Matt Llewellyn said he was packing his groceries into his car in the parking lot of an Anchorage Costco when Ravens swooped in to steal a short rib from his cart. <laughs> Matt Llewellyn is not known to lie about that sort of thing. Okay, so there are already some holes in this story because what? it said a to steal a short rib from his cart, and that's bullshit because you cannot buy one singular thing. At oh, Costco. yeah, yeah, I'm smelling a, a <laughs> little white yeah. lie here, too. He had to have gotten, like, 50 pounds of that shit or something? I've, I've never been yeah. to Costco. Now, wait a minute. Seriously. Now, wait a minute. I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, okay? But uh, yeah. what if this dude is one of those weird type of people that uh, started eating the damn shit while he was in Costco? <laughs> He's just walking around chowing on some short ribs. I have seen weirder stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to me that people will go into a grocery store and pick something up and just start eating it and then hand the cashier an empty box and say, yeah, I ate all that. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I, I ate an entire box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch while I was walking around. You know, I take it back. Maybe it was one 16-pound rib. Yeah, there you it go. Might have been, it is Alaska. We, I mean, yeah. I've, yeah, yeah, it's a moose rib. Yeah, I've been to Alaska, and it's got some interesting stuff going on up there. I think it's a lie because it says right here, Matt Llewellyn is not known to lie about that. <laughs> Pretty so fishy. That, that's what makes you suspicious of the whole thing? Yeah, I don't believe I just 
Yeah, I doubt it with that last sentence because I they're preparing for the onslaught of Matt's relatives and friends. Saying, <laughs> He's a big liar. I like that, Stuart, man, because now you're creating some drama and expectation for that, the rest of the story. Man. It is a good point. It's kind of like the I'm not racist, but yeah. of lying. You know? Yeah. You know what's coming next, baby? <laughs> all right, Some well, in-bombs. Uh, all right. Here we go. Well, Bobby, you can tell us a little bit more about this story. I literally took 10 steps away and turned around. Two ravens came down and instantly grabbed one out of the package, ripped it off, and flew off with it, Matt Llewellyn said, who is a Denver Broncos fan that has traveled to Venezuela, Colombia, and Panama. Llewellyn said that the piece of meat was about four by seven inches large a sizable meal for a sizable bird. They know what they're doing. It's not their first time, Lou <laughs> Allen said. They're very fat, so I think they've got a whole system there. <laughs> Matt Lou Allen is not easily fooled by the nefarious schemes of winged thieves. Yeah. So, <laughs> so four by seven, how does that work for you, Bobby? Is that size enough that you believe the story more now? You know, or no, this, this settles it. They're uh, elaborating on some details there, and uh, I'm comfortable at this point. But I still think Lou Allen's a bullshitter. <laughs> I don't know, man. He seems like a cultured man. Now that I know that he's a world traveler, you know, I think he's cultured, so the math is starting to check out better. Yeah, I, got, I, I will say I got most of this information from going to his Facebook page. Oh, okay. Yeah, I looked them so up. So you did on a Facebook. deep dive on this. Yeah, no, you know I get to the bottom of these stories. <laughs> so he, he said he liked Denver Broncos, and he had checked in in Venezuela, Colombia, and Panama. So I'm assuming that he's been there. And his claim to fame is having a raven steal a short rib from his Costco cart. Well, allegedly. So, That's uh, true. Yeah, Stewart's still a bit skeptical about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, here you go. Uh, you can do this next paragraph there, Stuart. Once snowmobiling enthusiast Matt Llewellyn got back home, he noticed that one of the ravens had taken a poke at another rib but did not rob it. Quote, I cut that meat out and started marinating it, and my wife said, that's gross. We should take it back. Matt Llewellyn said, quote, Costco actually took it back even after we had started marinating them and gave us a full <laughs> refund. Matt Llewellyn is a man that listens to the needs of those he loves the most. This is, uh, I don't believe any of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, actually, now you're going to get on Bobby because, Bobby, you're the one that mentioned just a couple of podcasts ago that apparently Costco's return policy is without pair. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's the best out of any store that I've ever heard of. There's essentially no time limit on returns except for like certain categories like computers and TVs. Like you can return used toilet paper. Yeah, like there's a, there's a <laughs> thing. I, I probably so. You know, I, um, here's, here's my thing. I don't have a Costco card. I've been to Costco a couple of times, but there's not one in my town, I don't think. But I don't shop at Costco. I have no doubt in my mind that they have an incredible return policy. And I also know that ravens are extremely bright birds and they do plan. I mean, ravens will uh, drop nuts. They'll pick nuts up off the ground and then sit on a red light and drop them on traffic and wait for the light to change. So they're letting cars run over the nuts and open. Them. Oh, wow. yeah. oh, my these God. Are, these are bright birds. None of that bothered Costco, the bird. I, I'm all with that. There's just something about the way this thing's written that I just, they're going to ask me for money at some point. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Yeah, yeah, you might be onto something. You might be onto something, Stuart. I'll, I'll do this next thing. Okay. Uh, additional raven thief sightings have emerged on social media. Quote, my parents were minding their business after a shop and made it home with one less steak. Kimberly Waller wrote on Facebook. The bird snatched it right out of the pack in the parking lot. Matt Llewellyn is also a big fan of fishing, as evidenced by his like of the Emmy-nominated show Haas Off the Grid, which uses sports fishing challenges to showcase fisheries and their stewardship challenges. So uh, that's a story about somebody else that got a steak stolen from them. But what is... I, why do they keep telling me what Matt likes and what he's a fan of? I don't understand. Well, because I, <laughs> I, I looked him up on Facebook, and so I'm, I'm trying to add more information. Oh, so to... you you put that in there. Well, yeah. I, I'll admit to it. I, okay. I, <laughs> most right. of Matt Llewellyn's <laughs> details were not in the original story. But this is my flourishes. You know? Well, you've done well, but it's, yeah, it's, I think that's the reason I'm just like, what? I mean, I don't. I can't imagine, unless he stabbed a Denver Broncos player, why would I give a damn if he's a fan? (laughs) So you're not big into Matt Llewellyn anymore, or or just period. I just, it's the way it's written that's kind of like, what, I just don't know what's going on here. See, I was, I was, I was neutral about Matt Llewellyn, but now that it's getting you fired up, I'm a big fan. Oh yeah, is that right? I like I like passion too. Yeah, all for it. Yeah, I don't trust this guy at all. I don't want. He's not babysitting for me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Matt Llewellyn is my cheese. You know how you know, fucking get fired up about your cheese. This is my fucking. All right, Bobby, you can do a little bit more about this. Hopefully, there's more about Matt Llewellyn. <laughs> That's all I want to hear about from now on. <laughs> Anchorage resident Tamara Josie replied to Waller's post and referred to the Ravens as calculating. I had two ravens, one that was on the car next to me, and he kept squawking really loud, Josie said. He would sit on the car and stare at me, then hop next to the bed of the truck on the other side, and he kept going back and forth. The other raven was on the ground. He kept trying to pull. I had these little mini melons you have in the mesh baggies. He kept trying to grab the netting and pull my melons off the cart. A raven started to fly in a circle around Josie until she got them to scram. They just stayed posted waiting for their next opportunity to steal something out of my cart. They are very dedicated to their mission. Unlike Matt Llewellyn, not much is known about Kimberly Waller or Tamara Josie. <laughs> That's my favorite sentence so far. <laughs> That's fantastic. I couldn't find a lot on them, so I'm sorry. No, I love the way you wrote it. Because <laughs> you are right. We know a shitload about Matt. <laughs> too much. Too much. Apparently too much, yeah. <laughs> A manager at an Anchorage Costco declined to comment about the Raven Thieves. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Matt Llewellyn had a big moose-like creature appear outside his house window and took a picture of it. Yeah, I saw that on his Facebook, too. There was like this big moose outside his house. So. I'm just dying to know what his favorite jam band is. <laughs> ah, well, I mean, we're not done with the story yet, so maybe we'll learn more. I think it's suspicious a little bit that the fucking Anchorage Costco manager had no comment on it. I feel like they're colluding. That's hilarious. <laughs> but you know what, man? Everybody here is backing up what you said, Stuart, because, yeah, they're the, the one lady's like, they're calculating, like, they had a plan. It seems like they knew what the fuck they were doing. The Ravens? The yeah, Ravens, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that much about them, but I do know, I've seen actual, like, animal 
show. National Geographic had an article on them a few years ago. I remember clearly reading about, eh, don't hold me to this, but I think that they were comparing the behavior of ravens to some apes. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, even just that story with the nuts that you told. Most human beings couldn't have figured that out. Oh, are you kidding? Absolutely. I mean, definitely. Now, if they would have said that they followed Matt Llewellyn home, they saw the short ribs in his cart, and they wanted to see what he was going to make with them, and then followed him to his house so they could steal the finished dish. Then I would I would be a little more impressed. Yeah, maybe maybe they took that bite after that he marinated them. He they just waited. This sits even better after it's marinated, and that's when they took the bite. All right, Ian, you can close the story out, man. All right, so bringing us home to the startling conclusion, Rick, the not Anchorage's go-to man on matters of birds being assholes, (laughs) said, for years, decades, the birds have watched people in parking lots of grocery stores with all of this food. They know what a piece of fruit looks like in a grocery cart because they've seen it on the ground or seen it in a garbage can. These birds cannot and will not be fooled. Count your blessings. It's only a matter of time before they break free from the shackles that bind them and become humanity's ultimate overlords. Okay, the last couple of sentences I made up, but I think that's kind of what he was getting at. He did say the first part. I love Carlos. (laughs) I think that, yeah, I mean, that's why a gaggle of birds together is called, like, usually a murder, right? Is that what it is? I thought it was crows, but I can't tell crows and ravens. Are they the same thing, or are they... I think they're like the same, whatever you call it, the same subspecies. I forget. They, they're they very, they're related. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. All right. All right. Let's get into the last one. All right. So Matt Llewellyn also enjoys the NBC television series <laughs> Heroes, starring Ukrainian former world heavyweight champion of the unified WBA, IBF, WBO, IBO, and Ring Magazine's titles, Vladimir Klitschko's former wife, Hayden Panteri. So that chick was the uh, yeah the one that was in Heroes. Yeah. He was in Heroes. And then Matt Llewellyn, he also had that on his Facebook page that he liked Heroes. So <laughs> yeah, dude. I Heroes I was I, dope. I thought I'd put that in. That's fantastic. I want, I want a history book written by Carlos. I think that would be incredible. He omits no details, no matter how small and trivial they may, they may seem. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it'll just be how Matt Llewellyn influenced the history of the United States is all it would see I think it'd be great if there was like in a basic U.S. history text Matt Llewellyn's name appeared over 400 times <laughs> challenge accepted Stuart <laughs> I think it'd be fantastic alright this next story gay penguins steal nest from lesbians <laughs> and the source is NBC Dutch oh, wait, did News. Did you write that? Did you write no, that? No, no, this is true. I, I, I will say I did not embellish this story as much because, I mean, already it's gay penguins stealing this from lesbians. <laughs> so I'm not a, that good of a writer, but this is pretty straightforward. Ian, you can start us out. Alrighty. A gay penguin couple who hit the international headlines last year when they stole an egg to hatch have gone a step further this year by stealing the complete nest of another couple who happened to be a lesbian duo. Last year, the same African penguin couple took an egg from another penguin family, acquiring it at a moment when no one was looking at it. Yeah. So this is not the first time that these gay penguins have <laughs> stolen eggs, except that this time they took a whole fucking nest. But uh, here, Bobby, you tell us a little bit more. Homosexuality is more common in penguins. It is remarkable that this couple has now also managed to get a hold of an egg, said zookeeper Mark Belt at the time. 
The males took over the egg from a straight couple at an unguarded moment. <laughs> Scientists <laughs> do not know if same-sex behavior in penguins is common because all of the tiny creatures look the same in the wild or because they are more susceptible to sinning. <laughs> All right, I did add that part. I added that part. Well, yeah, of course you did. It says scientists, <laughs> and then eight words later, susceptible to sinning. <laughs> yeah. But the behavior certainly has been observed at zoos. That's great. <laughs> the gay couple takes good care of the egg. The males both breed alternately, said the zookeeper. Uh, meanwhile, the straight penguin couple who had their eggs stolen eventually laid a new egg and seemed to be cool with the whole thing. Yeah, they, they didn't raise a stink. I don't know why, but they really didn't. Like, that's the way the story was like, ah, oh, they eventually had another egg. I don't know if they were just yeah. scared of being called homophobic if they said anything about the gay couple stealing their egg. I thought but. it was uh, going to go in a different direction. And like, they had had several previous penguin children. They had to surrender them to... Penguin DSS or something. <laughs> yes. It was yeah, too much of a court battle to get the egg back. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys know this? I, and actually, I put this on purpose here, as Stuart, because Stuart has one of the greatest bits of all time about the kid that stole the penguin. Yeah. That's one of the... Did you guys know about that, Ian, Bobby? I have not heard that. Uh, well, this is way before we ever did podcast this. But, uh, but yeah, it was some kid just stole a penguin from the zoo. Is that correct, Stuart? Yeah, a kid a, a kid stole a penguin from a zoo and um, on a field trip. Just took it home, right? Yeah, he got home with it. He got all the way home with it. <laughs> you guys haven't heard it. You got to check, Stuart. You got it online, right? Because I'm pretty sure that's where I saw it. I think it's online. I mean, I'm to be honest, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what's up there. But yeah, it's got to be up there somewhere. That's fucking great, dude. Uh, but here, uh, Stuart, you can tell us a little bit more about these penguins. Uh, two penguins remain childless. However... Matt Llewellyn uh, had mentioned <laughs> when, when he was in the Netherlands because he is a big fan of chess and reading and snow. He had two lesbian penguins had stolen some short ribs from him as he was <laughs> exiting Costco and walking. I, I don't know. OK, I'll start. I know, Stuart, with your editorializing already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the two penguins remain childless. However, as the egg they stole wasn't fertilized, the penguins stayed together, though, and remained a couple that were also quite dominant. Every couple has a house in the residence, but the couple has appropriated two houses, said zookeeper Sandra Drost at the time. Yeah, I guess these dudes fucking not only are they gay, but they're fucking proud of it, too. They're not, they're not fucking around, dude. Okay, like we're taking two houses, we're going to take your eggs. Still and everything. They got no shame. I, I think they're a great role model. Hey, they, years ago they said legalizing gay marriage was a slippery slope, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. And now penguins are, are making this. <laughs> Give an inch, huh? they take an egg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, so the zookeeper also added at the time, that he thought it was unlikely that the mills would be able to steal an egg again. Then they have to do their best. I think it was a bit of luck that they succeeded. Cut to a few months later, and the ambitious penguin stole not only an egg, but an entire nest from a lesbian couple. The gay couple are now taking turns to sit on the egg and keep them warm, while the other forages for food. However, according to zookeeper Sander Drust, these eggs are also unlikely to hatch because they may not have been fertilized given that they were laid by lesbians, and lesbians don't play that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this begs the question, so I understand 
you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, the the homosexual, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, the male penguins here, they can do like a top and a bottom kind of thing. The lesbian penguins, I mean, we're talking scissoring. Like, how does that whole thing? Don't they play they out? just have toys? <laughs> toys. So I've heard. I've heard they have. They give each other pebbles. Like, is that that's the, that's the thing that um. Yep. Yeah, Beats, they give each other pebbles, and I've also are heard very that, versatile. And I've also heard <laughs> that penguins have this thing where they'll push a penguin they don't like into the water first, and if the penguin doesn't get eaten, then they know it's safe. So they're complete dicks. <laughs> That's hilarious. I remember reading some article where the, for years and years and years, we thought that penguins were um, you know, monogamous. And then some scientists found out that as soon as the partner penguin who goes hunting for food, then they just go nuts and start fucking each other. <laughs> so it would have been really funny if like we just found out that those scientists just couldn't tell any of the penguins apart because they all look the same <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah you know, they're, they're monogamous yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's, look he's with an identical looking penguin yeah the, sci- the scientists had to turn in that report and they were on a deadline so they're like ah yeah sure monogamous yeah. <laughs> have time to study this any longer hey Bobby you can do this next one this isn't the first time a same-sex couple have nabbed a chick or egg from another duo. Another gay penguin couple at a Denmark zoo kidnapped a chick three years ago while its mother was taking swimming lessons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was just swimming, but I, you know, maybe. Out shopping at Lululemon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the chick was later returned to its biological parents after the heterosexual penguins came looking for their chick and presumably threatened the kidnappers like Liam Neeson in the 2008 blockbuster Hollywood film, Taken. Yeah, so <laughs> unlike the previous story where they just, the heterosexual couple were just like, I oh, will just lay another egg. These came after the chick. Well, I guess it's a different thing once the egg's already hatched. And <clears throat> you know, you can't just be fucking kidnapping kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like how Carlos is making sense out of all this. Well, it is. I mean, you know, I think one's a felony, one's a misdemeanor. Hey, this story, this story makes a hell of a lot more sense than Liam Neeson being an action hero at like 65. <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is true. And having his family members constantly getting kidnapped, because they make like three of those movies. Or, I haven't seen any of them, but I just came like, come on, man, fucking get a security <laughs> system at some point. Yeah. All right, I'll close it out. And in July of 2019, same-sex penguin duo Rocky and Marama made headlines after adopting a chick at Sea Life Aquarium London. The new mothers were in the spotlight again a few months later when their four-month-old became the world's first, quote, genderless penguin chick. You go, girl. All right. So Zuck believes, this is an expert on sea life, that the same-sex African penguin couple just wanted to raise a family together. After all, being a part of a pair and raising a chick is just deeply ingrained in being a penguin. I say more power to them. I mean, I, I wish there was su- such a thing as penguin adoption so they wouldn't have to steal other penguins' yeah. children. <laughs> but I, I'm glad to hear that they are so accepting of homosexuality in the penguin kingdom. <laughs> this whole thing's hilarious to me. You know, I mean, first of all, yeah, good for them, great. Second of all, like, who cares? I just don't <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but I'm sorry that your penguin lost its nest. I mean, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs>
So it's a stupid question here, but I'll go ahead and say it because we're all thinking it. Is it possible that these homosexual lesbian penguins were just not really homosexual or lesbians, but too stupid to know that they had to put their dick inside the hole of another? They just couldn't figure that out? You know, I don't think this podcast is the right platform for your hate speech. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll have no part in it, my friend. Yeah. My former friend. <laughs> All right, I'll, keep that I'll shit keep, for your uh, QAnon podcast. I'll keep that for yeah. my parlor account. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to move on now to our last segment, Indecorous Deep Dive. We build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week's Deep Dive was written by Ian. What? Thank you, Ian. Are you tired of getting death threats from drawing pictures of Muhammad or turned off by all the ugly babies at live nativity scenes played baby Jesus? If so, we have good news. There is a shitload more religions. Then you realize that many of them are indecorous. So maybe today, this segment can be your inspiration to quit your basic bitch doomsday cult and join a new indecorous religion. And Ian, you can tell us the first religion here. Alrighty. This first amazing religion is the Church of Euthanasia. And they have several indecorous catchphrases at the heart of the religion. Most famously, the church is known for save the planet, kill yourself. And also, <laughs> eat a queer fetus for Jesus. This Misanthropic fun church advocates for the world to stop reproducing because you suck and we are killing the planet. The four pillars of their beliefs include suicide, cannibalism of dead bodies. Yeah, not of live bodies, right? Because they have morals. They, they, they have a line somewhere. They like to yeah, draw the line. Sure. Yeah, dead bodies. And of course, abortion and sodomy. They love the butt fucking. Mm -hmm. uh, they love any kind of fucking that won't end with crotch fruit being created, basically. They're staunch believers in urine therapy. So Google that if you don't know what that is. And the website uh, no, gives I you tips. I don't think I will. <laughs> and their website gives you tips on how to correctly cut up a body. Following the 9-11 attacks, the church posted on its website a four-minute music video combining hardcore pornography with footage of the World Trade Center collapse. It showed a man masturbating and then cleaning himself up with American flag. The movie was captioned with the catchphrase, People dive into the street while I play with my meat. The church's instructions on how to kill yourself by asphyxiation with helium were removed from its website in 2003 after an old woman used it to commit suicide. Okay, so basically this is the church of just, we want everybody to die? Yeah, dude, these are like the eco-friendly, we love the, the planet so much so that fuck the humans. Okay, I mean, this does go back to, whether you agree with it or not, it does go back to that whole... I think it was a Carlin bit. Was it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like the, you know, the planet's fine. You know, we're we're yeah. the ones that are gonna die. The people are the planet is fine. The people are fucked. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I guess if you're gonna be that hardcore about the planet, yeah, you can take it to this extent. Be like, we're the problem here. Fucking so basically, save the planet. all the right wingers that view like Greta Thornburg is like some sort of. She's the boss fight. No, these motherfuckers are the boss fight when it comes to environmentalism. Yeah, I guess so. They just want to fucking get rid of all the people. Yeah, dude. I mean, I will say this. As much as I'm not a big fan of most people, they are being a little bit hypocritical because if they really believed in this shit, they would have killed themselves already. That's That was yeah. uh, my question. I have two questions about this. Number one, how much of this did you write, Carlos? 
No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> this one. Okay. This one is all Ian. Ian wrote this entire thing, so I have yeah. no hand in any of this. Okay. Yeah, this is all real, by the way. This isn't some bullshit anecdotal okay. stuff. This is like, yeah, totally legit. Yeah, my other question was, why are they still here? I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this church, every, all this should be in past tense. Yeah, you, <laughs> yes. you would think someone would have canceled this by now, right? No, yeah. this would have, no, this would have been just like, oh, we found the relics, the old writings of this cult that believed everybody should kill themselves because they already killed themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it should be gone. I mean, I'm kind of, you know, like I am personally against humans going to Mars. I don't think we should go. I think because I don't, I don't want humans to spread. Um, (laughs) you know, so I have a couple of these leanings, but most of this crap that is on there is just garbage. And the fact that you would form into a church to have these beliefs, that's just the height of stupidity. You know, it's also a good way to avoid paying taxes on your stupid ideas. So I I guess. Yeah. I mean, but there's other ways though. Yeah. I mean, that kind of bothers me. It's, it's actually not that they think humans are a problem. I think humans are a problem too, but you formed a church. You that kind of you know bothers me. I don't know. Yeah, well, no, yeah. yeah, absolutely, dude. You hang out with other humans to discuss how terrible humans are. Yeah, and it's and it's not just like a mass shooting every, every week, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which leads me to believe that they think other humans are the problem, not them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is what they actually believe when you yeah, fucking really take it down to. They, Sound like the same kind of people that, you know, like, like, you know, like, you know, you know, like, 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 you know, like brag about not even owning a TV, but they just watch TV on their computers. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I don't want to get real philosophical about the whole thing, but I don't think humans should, um, should leave this planet. Um, but I'm part of the problem, you know? (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm a I'm a problem. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, you know, but you're not a hypocrite, bro. Because as, as far as I know, you haven't booked any gigs in Mars, right? No, I mean, and I I don't consider myself smarter or dumber than anybody else. Well, there's a lot of people that I'm smarter than, but, but <laughs> I don't I don't consider myself like above the rest right. of the group. That's ridiculous. And okay. yeah, and that seems like the basically that seems to be their philosophy. I'm fascinated with what they call uncontacted tribes, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's a group, they don't officially count as an uncontacted tribe because they've been contacted, but very, very sporadically over the, Mm -hmm. since they were discovered like 50 years ago. But they are a suicide tribe, meaning that there's no one over the age 30 in this group. It's all young people. Oh, wow. And their philosophy on life is this is one of many lives. And whenever you feel like you've done what there is to do and you're ready to move on, then you would tell the group that you're ready to go. And then they chop bark down from a poisonous tree and they have a big party and you drink the poisonous bark and then you die. And no one is sad because wow. you've gone on. And oh, wow. yeah, it's a celebration. It, it, and there is no tears. There's no nothing. I mean, and you voluntarily do it. No one's telling you to, but it seems to be around 25 or 28, something like that, that they're ready to go. I don't have a problem with this at all. I mean, I, whatever. It's your choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I think that's super interesting, man. I've thought about that too, because I think Part of why so many people cling to life is because we have the belief that this is just the only one that you're going to have. But if you are raised with the notion that this is just one of them, 
then I can absolutely see how some people would be like, all right, I'm ready for my next one. Yeah, I can too. Yeah. And to me, that tribe, there's a lot more questions. It, it brings up, it's it's a lot more interesting. So, it, and by interesting, what I mean is it brings up curious questions to me than this other church that is like masturbating to 9-11 or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bobby, you can tell us this next one. Banana cult. In primitive cultures, hot sex was thought to somehow relate to the fertility of crops. One indecorous man from Papua New Guinea, Thomas Kelly, decided to resurrect this great idea and put a modern twist on it with the most phallic fruit, so he created the banana cult. His spin was that if people had sex in public, the banana harvest would be lit as fuck. (laughs) It started with just a batshit idea, but over time it became oddly specific. To make the magic really work, his followers had to specifically have hot, dirty sex with him in public. <laughs> That's the way it always ends up, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> After a few out-of-league ladies complained and questioned the scientific validity of the religion, <laughs> he did what any man of God would do and threatened them with violence. Sure, of course. <laughs> they called the cops. And Thomas fled into the jungle, never to be seen again. (laughs) That's why I love human beings so much. (laughs) It it is really just an underlying theme of every one of these things is like, hey, God talks to me and he said that you need to fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing how often God tells some ugly dude that that all the women need to fuck him. And I think, uh, yeah. and he would have gotten away with it too if he would have just had a little bit of game from that cult, Nexium. They have this concept called limiting beliefs, and they would tell their followers, "Oh, you don't want to have sex with me? Well, that's a limiting belief that's holding you back." You know? oh. so, so if he would have used the limiting belief idea, he probably could have got those out of his league ladies to do the deed. Yeah, that's right. And the banana harvest would oh, have been that's lit. Great. That's that's so. Yeah, you don't want to have sex. That's limiting your potential. Not having sex. With me. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Human beings are so dumb. He could have just, you know, went to those women that were out of his league and said, you know. God said specifically for you to not fuck me. And then they'd be, they'd, they'd be curious and they'd have to find out what that's all about. You know? That's Raven level intelligence you're talking about. We're not even close to that. All right, Stuart, you want to do this next one? The Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is one of the most popular social satire religions created to troll Christian hypocrisy. The, quote, flying spaghetti monster was first described in a satirical open letter written by Bobby Henderson in 2005 to protest the Kansas State Board of Education decision to permit teaching intelligent design as an alternative to evolution in public school science classes. In the letter, Henderson demanded equal time in science classrooms for flying spaghetti monsterism alongside intelligent design and evolution. After Henderson published the letter on his website, the flying spaghetti monster rapidly became an internet phenomenon and a symbol of opposition to the teaching of intelligent design in public schools. Pastafarianism exists to basically say, quote, if we are doing dumb shit in schools, let's do all the dumb shit. I love stuff like this where, all right, you're pushing some silly shit, so let me push some other silly shit, and then... If you try to challenge whatever silly shit I proposed, we're probably even as far as if we're going to look at it from the scientific proof perspective. 
Oh, yeah. Because there's as much scientific proof of the flying spaghetti monster as there is of Moses parting the seas or whatever. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the point. I mean, that's the point of the whole thing is you cannot prove a flying spaghetti monster does not exist. Mm -hmm. And these guys bring parody to the discussion of bringing religious nonsense in places where it doesn't belong. So the DMV, for example, was letting people do their little DMV pictures with Bibles and shit. So these uh, <laughs> Pastafarians decide to show up with a spaghetti colander on their fucking head turned upside down. I mean, like, this is my religion. And, it, and this, this went up to, like, the federal courts and shit because they were just... It's either if we're going to do all the dumb shit, we're going to do all the dumb shit. All right. So. <laughs> it's the same. Um, I mean, I was talking to the leader of the Satanic Church of the United States of America. Oh, cool. They are basically, that's what they're about now. Yes. They've basically switched over to the, they are a, an official religion. So they have all the rights that a, a church has. So there was a public school in Florida, high school passing out some sort of, uh, I don't know, Baptist or Catholic or some sort of religious pamphlets as the kids walked in the door. So the Satanic Church heard about this, and then they went to the high school with their pamphlets and said, if they have the right to hand these out, then we have the right to hand ours out. So then the school said, well, we don't want kids to get Satanic information, so we better just not allow anybody to hand them out. So they got what they wanted. That's great. That's yeah, I was yeah, actually I was about I to bring guys. that up because I uh, I saw that. Speaking of documentaries, do you see that Hail Satan documentary? Yeah, yeah, it's on Hulu. No, I love what? that shit, dude. It is great. It's What's I mean, it it's yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's great, Stuart. You should check it out. But yeah, it's the Satanists, and it's basically that same thing that you just explained. One of the examples that they do in the documentary is all these states that wanted to put the Ten Commandments in the front of whatever their courthouse was. Yeah. And they were like, all right, well, you're going to do that. Then you got to allow us to put a Baphomet. Is that what the... Yeah, a giant statue of a demon with a erect penis or something. Yeah, it was like... A, it was... Yeah. And he's got, like, kids sitting next to him on his lap and shit. So it's very... It's, yeah, it's a scary fucking statue, but it was like, well, if you're just going to allow everybody to express their religious beliefs here on public grounds, then our things should be allowed. Yeah. It's funny because there is, I've seen a couple of, some people have sent them to me. There's a couple of spots. I think one is in Arkansas where they had 10 commandments up and some guy in a car, an atheist in a car just was like, he did a good job. He was recording himself and he said, okay, here we go. And, and he gets the car up to like 85 hours, some shit. And then slams into that big, huge concrete. <laughs> Holy Ten shit. Commandments. God yeah. damn. All it's right. just nuts. But yeah, I mean, I applaud this people doing this because it's kind of like it's silliness. I love comedy for a purpose, like silliness to accentuate how absurd some beliefs are that people just take as law. You know what yeah, I mean? Dude. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if anybody was to get up in arms over that atheist driving into the Ten Commandments statue, I mean, he should just let them know that that was God's plan for him to do that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right, yeah. All right, I'll do this next one. Created by a deranged group of superfans, the Church of Iglesia Maradoniana, is a religion that formed to worship the retired Argentine football player Diego Maradona, which actually is the guy that I was mentioning from the... He played in that 3-1 to one game against South Korea. Oh, oh, there you go. Call back. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, there you go. That worked out. The faith was first founded on October 30th, 1998, on Maradona's 38th birthday. Iglesia Maradonians have their own Lord's Prayer as well as these Ten Holy Commandments. 
It's one. The ball is never soiled. Two, love football above all else. And by the way, football is soccer, American people. <laughs> Declare unconditional love for Diego and the beauty of football. Defend the Argentina shirt. Spread the news of Diego's miracles. Honor the temples where he played. Don't proclaim Diego as a member of any single team. Preach and spread the principles of the Church of Maradona. Make Diego your middle name. All right, so you're going to have to change your name. Okay. Name your first son Diego. Okay, that's fucking commitment. Not all Argentinians welcome the new religion, as many think the player's history of drug problems and occasional smacking the ladies make him an insulting choice for a national hero. But people that aren't pussies think this dude was the tits and figure this little cult was as good as any to join. I mean, sure. <laughs> it's like, name, name a national hero without some drug problems and love smacking the women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, all of our founders would be gone. What are you talking about? That's what I was about to say. We have to lose all our founding fathers. I don't know what exactly the terminology or the wording of it is, but a lot of people say just like the difference between a cult and a religion is just how old it is. Is how, how long it's been around that people just yeah. that believe in it. So if it's only been around, obviously this has only been around for, what, 20 years. So it sounds ridiculous. But if 500 years from now this thing were to last, people would actually be worshipping a fucking soccer player. And they, they take all these things as sacred and shit. And it still makes just as much sense as Mormonism. <laughs> or Scientology, <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> it just becomes a thing where like nobody even remembers why we do the things that we're doing there's there's supposed to be sacred rituals but a lot of them just came from like practical things of the moment you know like like i hear that from the bible like you can't wear fabrics that you that the old testament says that you can't wear or certain foods that you can't eat and part of it was just for practical reasons, just because it was like, if you eat that shit, you're going to get sick. Yeah. And the only one of those that they hung on to was hate gay people. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's the, the one they couldn't let go. Out of the long list of abominations, that was the only one that really stuck with these folks. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to hold on to slavery as long as we could. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was the other one. <laughs> <laughs> This guy had this tattoo. It was all the way down his, uh, I think his right bicep, uh, an entire Bible verse. But where the, his tattoo stopped, the very next sentence is the Bible's restriction of tattoos. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think, I don't know about how where you guys stand, but I went, I think I went through, uh, I grew up, uh, I grew up what I call American religious, which is, Nobody in my family ever read the Bible, and uh, we went to church on Easter and Christmas or when I got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I went to college, I took I actually took classes. I loved cl I loved religion. I don't know why. I just did. It was fun. And um, I actually read the Bible and I took all kinds of different, you know, I took Shintoism from Japan and I took all these different religions. And then I became, I guess uh, you call it an atheist, mm -hmm. uh, agnostic, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then I did feel a little angry that I'd been lied to and that whatever. State of Texas has the Ten Commandments in front of their you know, state building, and mm -hmm. I, I would be mad about that. Mm -hmm. I am 50 or almost 50 now. I think the whole fucking thing's funny as hell. <laughs> um, I don't believe a word of any of it, but I really like going to churches because – it's Disneyland to me. It's, yeah. it's 
it's really fun and it's funny as shit to me. And I don't, I don't feel any anger. I mean, I don't want them, you know, I don't like the judgment against homosexuality. I don't like any of that. I'm all against that kind of stuff, but you know what I mean? I'm just, I don't know. To me, you put ashes on your forehead and snip off a penis. That's funny as shit. (laughs) This shit, you sprinkle water on a baby and you think he's, He's in God. That's just so great. I yeah. mean, if you have a three foot hat, I want to buy a ticket to your show. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, I kind of have that same path in that I was raised Catholic and I went to Catholic school all through my school years, my high school, all that. And then I kind of, and then I, you know, I basically didn't started not to believe in anything. And then I was kind of a militant atheist, for lack of a better way of putting it, where I would get angry at all this shit. But I am at this point, basically where you just explained, where it's just, it's kind of fascinating. I don't believe in any of this. I think it's funny until it gets to the people that are in positions of power that still believe in this shit and then use it to discriminate against, you know, gays and up to, like you just kind of mentioned, up to like 150 years ago or less, they would use religion to justify slavery. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Or like the fact that, you know, if you're openly not religious, you're not going to get elected anywhere outside of Portland. (laughs) that's true right but i think yeah but i mean it's the complete opposite in england from what i've never lived there but from what i've read if somebody in london was running for office and his opponent or her opponent accused them of being an atheist and tried to use that against them then they would be the laughing stock no one gives a shit wow i think the, the the u.s is way behind i mean i'm not saying that there aren't plenty of other countries but most quote unquote the major countries are we're way behind them oh absolutely in this country if the manager of arby's was found out to be an atheist they'd be ran out of town you know (laughs) so you're telling me it's not just an education and infant mortality (laughs) we're behind in other things too (laughs) a couple of others a couple of others yeah (laughs) i mean i'm all against any kind of especially violent kind of religion but just the basic like you want to have a church this is funny as hell to me like catholic church is so much fun that's the closest i will ever come to being in a black sabbath video you know (laughs) it's so much fun to think look at humans my god this is hilarious well i remember one of the last times that i worked with you Stuart. you were telling some sort of story about Maybe it was a Native American religion that believed that the earth was on a turtle shell, like a like a turtle was holding the earth up or some shit like that. Uh, yeah, the, it's a um... I don't remember what it was, but I mean, regardless of what it was, it's fascinating. The imagination that goes it's into fascinating. That. Yeah. The history of, of different religious type thought, what human beings have thought through the centuries is like earth i'm trying to remember i think it might be a hindu belief that planet earth is being held up by a turtle (laughs) oh yeah i remember that one oh you've heard of this ian okay and then when someone said well what's holding that turtle up they said another turtle (laughs) it's just an endless stack of turtles (laughs) and i think that's absolutely fantastic i mean that's great until you start saying anybody who doesn't worship the turtle should die then i you know okay now we got to come in and stop it because human beings could fuck anything up i mean we human beings can fuck up a naked jello glitter party you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. we can't just let things be i mean it's great it's like there's a, a chinese uh, belief from centuries ago that we are planet earth is traveling on the back of a giant catfish 
Wow. And it explains things, too. Like when there is severe weather, the catfish is wiggling its tail. That's what's causing wind. Oh. You know? Yeah. I mean, we didn't know, and then we had to come up with, with an answer. You know? Well, and, and I just was, uh, there's another, and it's not really a documentary, it's more like a series, and I forget which one of these streaming channels it's on, but it's all about the Greek gods and all that stuff, and it's such a fascinating story, like, it, it, like I don't know why anybody stopped believing in that shit, it's so fucking, like, there's so much drama, and fucking this one killed the other one, <laughs> and then the son had sex with the mother, and it's like, it's, so this is fucking great shit. Yeah. And better only in salads. Yep. <laughs> I love the callbacks on this. We, <laughs> yeah. This is a seriously, it's a circular podcast. I like it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, buddy. It's an infinite loop podcast. That's what we should have called it. <laughs> the callback worshiping podcast. Ian, you can tell us another one of these crazy religions. Another lesser known social justice troll religion is the Church of the Invisible Pink Unicorn. Like all religions, the faith of the invisible pink unicorn is based upon both logic and faith. We have faith that they are pink. We logically know that they are invisible because we cannot see them. So they can basically say, because we can't see them, we just believe that they're pink. Yeah. <laughs> so within this religion, there are three major articles of faith. They include, Our Lady Unicorn is pink and invisible. She prefers pineapples and ham pizza to pepperoni and mushrooms. And she raptures socks. A lucky few, many have received signs from her in their oh, laundry. Oh, so this is why you one sock always <laughs> disappears yes. when you do the laundry. This okay. explains the sock mystery that we've all wondered <laughs> since the beginning of time. So they, you know, this religion doesn't have much of a work in theology, but out of all the religions we're covering, they're the only ones that can explain the missing socks in the world, thus making them the best in my book. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I applaud their creativeness in finding a problem and then appropriating it for their religion sure why not yeah yeah for sure <laughs> there's no proof involved with it but i like the fact that you're just like yeah this is the reason all your socks are missing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i love it. and back to the point of faith we have faith that the pink unicorn lady is the one responsible for the socks missing so religion of both faith and logic right yeah and i like that part like all religions that's based upon both logic and faith that, that's re totally ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll do this next one. The Gohori religion is a Hindu cult that is considered to have split off from the Kapalika order. In the 14th century AD, many Hindus condemned the Aghoris due to their cannibalistic rituals. Followers of this cult carry a kapala, which is a cup made from a skull. These bizarre people will eat anything from rotten food to animal feces in order to achieve the highest citadel of enlightenment. The Gorhori will perform horrendously crude rituals. The finality of their rituals is attained from eating the decaying flesh of a human. So this is a life hack right here. They just created a phony religion to justify cannibalism. I love but, it. Yeah. But well, I mean, sure. But I mean, this is this actually makes the cults that are built to fuck make more sense. Like I actually, yeah. <laughs> I want to fuck. Eating people is not a thing that I'm like, it's not the laws that are stopping me from eating people, is what well, I'm trying to say here. You know what, Carlos? Some of us would like to show off our skull cups, all right? <laughs> That's right. You don't want to be judged for your skull cups? <laughs> I, I, I view this as really like a, not only were these people trying to not be kink shamed for eating each other, but they also want to enjoy tax exempt status for their little fetish. Yes. So I think they yeah. got an ultimate loophole. Status. 
Yes, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Even though they formed this in the 14th century AD, they knew eventually there were going to be a United States that would be charging their taxes. <laughs> they, 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 were, they, were, they had a lot of foresight, these. They were thinking ahead. They were, <laughs> they were profits, some would say. I don't get, I honestly don't get what the whole obsession is with cannibalism and eating people because I didn't know that was something that so many people wanted to fucking do that they had to create religions for it and shit. I don't know, maybe back in the day people were starving, but I think we have enough food these days that I don't have to resort to eating people. Everybody knows that you can feel just as powerful by drinking baby blood. Yeah, that's right. And baby blood is gluten-free. <laughs> exactly. Bobby, you can do this next religion. All right. Uh, new Wabianism is kind of a religious soup, if you will. It's based on Freemasonry, the Shriners, Christianity, Islam, numerology, and the ancient astronaut theories of Zakaria Sitchin. All right, now that one is a new one to me, the ancient <laughs> astronaut theories of Zachariah Sitchin. Zachariah, okay. Zachariah, Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I've, never, I've heard of Shriners, Christianity, Islam, numerology, and Freemasonry. I just never heard of the astronaut theories of Zachariah Sitchin. Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't either. Yeah, this is a new one. It just almost seems like Zechariah Sitchin threw this guy some money, and I'm like, hey, man, throw me in there, too. <laughs> I think Zachariah Sitchin. Doesn't he have a show on MSNBC or oh, CNN? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. It's it's called the Zachariah Situation. <laughs> and if he doesn't, then he needs to get on that. That's right. The founder of the religion, Dwight York, is currently serving time. Isn't, hey, wasn't there a comic called Dwight York? Uh-oh. Yeah, there is. I don't think there was one. I think there is one. He's still around, Dwight York? Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. Okay, hopefully this is a different one. Well, Although this religion would probably be more profitable than stand-up. But huh. Oh, for sure. Uh, so the founder of the religion, Dwight York, is currently serving time in prison for money laundering and child molestation. But like most religions, this is just par for the course, and either despite this or in light of this, the religion still thrives today. Yeah, that is basically what you expect from every founder of a religion is they're all going to end up money laundering and child molestating. This guy just happened to get caught. Yeah, they all do it. One crime at a time, man. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Here are some of their core beliefs. One, it is important to bury the afterbirth so that Satan does not use it to make a duplicate of the recently born child. I love it. Yeah, that checks out. That checks out. I love it. Furthermore, some aborted fetuses or feti (laughs) <laughs> survive their abortion to live in the sewers where they are being gathered and organized to take over the world. I hope that's true. This sounds yeah. like a Teenage Mutant Ninja abortions cartoon. Yeah, this is how the Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles started, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> They met a rat and they ate a lot of pizza. and uh, So sometimes it has a happy ending. Uh, people were once perfectly symmetrical and ambidextrous, but then a meteorite struck Earth and tilted its axis, causing handedness and shifting the heart off-center in the chest. Wow, really? That's how that happened? See, we mentioned this in some of the other ones, but if there's one thing that I, and I think Stuart and I agree with this, is the creativity that goes into some of this. I love it. Like, I would have never in a million years thought, like, okay, how am I going to explain that some people are left-handed and right? Oh, you know what? What what if a fucking meteorite hit the earth and that's what threw everything off? Yeah, I always thought that that girl's droopy face was from a stroke. But now that I know it was a meteorite. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what caused everything. I mean, I don't believe a meteorite did this or killed the dinosaurs. Right? <laughs> I was about to say, it's like, 
you would think the dinosaurs would have just become left-handed or right-handed, but no, it killed them. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I don't know. I mean, it, it's all ridiculous to me, but I like the creativity aspect of it, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. It's just like there is, and again, when you look back on, you see this stuff, and if you were going to look at it from the perspective of, does it make sense? Well, does a lot of the stuff in the Bible make sense? No, it doesn't. So this is, on, in, in scientific proof terms, we're, they're kind of on the same level. Sure, absolutely. Uh, each of us has seven clones living in different parts of the world. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, I feel sorry for six guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's funny though that so they're saying that literally the same your same person is living in god knows where but in six other parts of the world so there's six more of you so i mean is this just saying that like satan was successful in his attempt to clone us and not only <laughs> not only did he do it but he did, <laughs> he did it seven times, seven times. yeah <laughs> He just keeps doing it over and over. It must be fun to clone yeah. people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I think number one doesn't work. <laughs> I need to rethink that one. Are you saying that you're finding flaws in this religion, Bobby? <laughs> I, I mean, just this one. No other ones ever. Every, all the other ones check out. Women existed for many generations before they invented men through genetic manipulation. See, now this one I find hard to believe because why would you? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, it's like why would women make their lives? Because well, you know why, Carlos? Because the rest of them were a bunch of cunts, all right? Oh my <laughs> god, doesn't... good lord, you're gonna get us canceled. <laughs> <laughs> that that were to get us canceled, but this religion is still going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Homo sapiens are the result of cloning experiments that were done on Mars using Homo erectus. Oh, shit. See, this is going to fire up Stuart because you were already saying you don't want us to go to Mars, but apparently we've already been there. <laughs> well, that's, and that proves my point that we shouldn't go. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, I think you're right. Don't worry. It's not going to happen ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've already been there and I guess we fucked up that and then we just fuck. It, it would be funny if that was the story of Mars. Like Mars at one point was as developed as the earth was but <laughs> human beings eventually turned it into what it is now and then they came to earth and now we're in the process of turning earth yeah. into what mars looks like yeah, mars is just like a vacant strip mall in a bad part of town <laughs> yeah uh nikola tesla came from the planet venus sure. that i believe yeah why not i thought women were from venus i thought it was only women that were from venus and men were well from well why, why are you trying to apply your gender normative ways to nikola tesla man <laughs> i mean the guy was out of this world the uh, the way he thought from everything that i've read and heard about the guy but uh i, I but again there's another one of those where it's like uh why would you come to earth man See that you be surrounded by the rest of these assholes. Shouldn't it say Nikola Tesla and his seven other clones came from planet Venus? <laughs> yeah, that's what, right. Why See, just, yeah. They waited till he got here to clone? I, I don't understand. Yeah, we're seeing some plot holes here in this religion. Uh, the Illuminati have nurtured a child, Satan's son, who was born on June 6, 1966, at the Dakota House on 72nd Street in New York to Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis of the Rothschild Kennedy families. The Pope was present at the birth and performed necromantic ceremonies. The child was raised by former U.S. President Richard Nixon and now lives in Belgium, where it is hooked up bodily to a computer called the Beast 3M, or 3666. Fantastic. 
Fantastic. I they really they, I think that this is one of those where before they came up with all the rules, they said we're gonna have eight. And then they got to the eight and they're like, Oh shit, well we better cram as much as we can into this number eight one. I think they I think they had six and they realized, whoa, we can't stop there. <laughs> Gotta come up with a couple more. Now, was this just something that L. Ron Hubbard was trying before Scientology stuff? <laughs> yeah. I love this stuff. I, I just think watching the human brain come up with this absolute total bullshit is is just fascinating. As long as you don't take any of it or humans seriously, then it is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like you said it before, Stuart, where it's as long as all this crazy shit is fantastic, as long as you don't start being like, okay, and if you don't believe this, then I'm going to kill you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it it would be so fun to be in a cult where you just didn't believe any of it. And you just were hanging out with a bunch of weird people that really (laughs) believed all this weird shit. Yeah. It'd just be, it'd be a lot of fun. You know, it'd be like being at Harry Potter world or something. What would you do, Stuart, if you were in that situation, though? Would you just play along with what whatever crazy beliefs they had, or would you try to, like, challenge them? Or would you ask even more questions? I think, well, I'm old now. When I was 25, I think I would have been irritated, and I would have been pointing out the hypocrisy and, and challenging them and trying to make them prove and all that stuff. And I'm close to 50. It doesn't, you're never going to convince a human being, you know? You're just not. So, right. Facts don't open a closed mind. They just piss it off, you know? Right, yeah. So, yeah, so you, if you if I found myself in that situation, then have fun with it. You know, look at these nut jobs. You know what I mean? I mean, what? Yeah. this is great. Look, Jackie O and, and tie, had a kid and tied a Nick. I mean, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the creativity here is awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. And I would just sit there and giggle and then go make some macrame pots or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, you might as well have fun with it. I think number one is not that different from Christianity in the sense that some Christians do make their kids go bury their jizz socks in the backyard. I've seen like the ones are real. Every sperm is a sacred sperm. Really? That's a thing. You know, some some overlap there. Yeah. I'd never heard of like to grow a jizz tree. Is that what happens when you (laughs) bury your jizz sock in the backyard? Yeah, dude. Bury jizz sock, get a jizz tree. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Let's move on to this next one. All right. So, uh, Saint Priapus Church was founded in Montreal, Quebec, by D. F. Cassidy, and has found a following mainly among homosexual men in Canada and the United States. The church, which is named after the Greek god Priapus, teaches that the phallus is the source of life, beauty, joy, and pleasure. Did you just pronounce that word two different ways within the same sentence? I might have. Is it? Pre- okay. what, how, would you go, how would you do it, Bobby? Is it pre- oh, I don't know. We just got to keep guessing until we get it right. Pri- Priapus, I guess. I don't know. I'm just glad I'm not reading it because I'm horrible. <laughs> you did so much better than I would have. I have no idea. So the phallus is to be worshipped, which can be accomplished by a variety of sexual acts, including group masturbation. Semen is also treated with reverence, and its consumption is an act of worship. Now, see, this is the dumbest one we've read so far. Because <laughs> I have a penis, and I know for a fact that it is not the source of life, beauty, joy, and pleasure. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the this is the biggest plot hole of all the religions that we've done so far. Yeah, I mean, Jackie O's baby was raised by Richard Nixon. Would it, it, you know? There's a slim chance that's true. There's no, it's not true. <laughs> this uh, Priya, this Prius Church, or however you pronounce it, it it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, the penis is a source of frustration, anger, and annoyance. I agree, but I think what whoever created this. Oh, it says D.F. Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming this is because it says it's it's falling mainly among homosexual men. I can see where they would be like, yeah, the we love penises and we might as well just create a whole religion that revolves around penises. That's why I always say like I wish I was gay cuz it'd be great to be attracted to other people that want to have sex just as much as I want to have sex. Whereas the other way around, it's like, oh, now I, I have a penis. I want to have sex with a lot of the women and uh, pretty much none of them want to have sex with me, which leads to the whole frustration and uh, everything else. And, that comes and murdering with hookers. Well, right? OK, come on. I'm trying not to fucking air all my dirty laundry here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think if you have a church like this one that you could replace the word church with website and you don't, to, <laughs> you don't have to change any of the other words. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I actually, and by the way, I've never, I don't, I always forget the name until it gets brought up, but I've seen pictures of this Priapus or whatever the hell it's, how you pronounce that shit. And it's just this dude with a, with a giant hard dick. Like it's paintings, obviously. <laughs> and it's, it. it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like a dude just with a giant hard dick. And I posted it as my profile picture on Facebook once as a joke. <laughs> and then somebody was like, oh, Priapus. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just thought it was a funny, <laughs> funny little painting, but. Yeah, this is a thing. The other ones, Carlos asked me, like, if I found myself in the previous cult, get, I wouldn't believe it. I, I don't think I could believe it. I don't think there's enough roofies in the world to make me. <laughs> but I'd, I'd play some bingo with those people. You know, they're mm -hmm. hell of a good badminton team they got there, you know. <laughs> um, this church, if I was there, I'd just leave. I mean, I've got nothing against homosexuality and I've got nothing against the penis as an idea my penis i have a lot against it it has failed on many occasions um i'm gonna say this word but and it's it's because i'm gonna have to but they've overblown the penis you know it's just, that's uh that, by the way that's the quote that we're using to promote the podcast okay i mean it just <laughs> is this is this is ridiculous you know what i mean well, and again, if we're going to take it back to like we were talking about in terms of creativity, this is very self-serving is really what it is. Yeah. It's like, what do we love the most is cock. So let's just create a whole church around worshiping cock, which is it's easy. You know, that's very easy to just create a church around what you, yeah. uh, what consumes your everyday thinking you know like I mean? oh i don't have a sex addiction i am just very religious <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just very pious that is the podcast guys we made it we finally did it guys we did it yay yeah finally yeah. man i was very excited when you agreed to do the podcast man it's it's great to have you Stuart. Yeah, and I hope I see you soon, Carlos. We were going to do that show in Athens, I think, at one point, and yes, before and then COVID hit. Yeah, so hopefully we can get something like that going again. I hope so too, man. I, got, I finally got vaccinated. I got the Johnson and Johnson, which apparently uh, it might kill me, but if I can survive the shot, I think I'll be okay. Do you have any shows you want to plug, or any social media, or, or your podcast? My podcast is called Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities, and. 
it's sometimes it's good <laughs> I, I i enjoy it a lot man i i used to i mean obviously we i'm not going to say none of us but most of us haven't been on the road much in the last year but when i was out there i would listen to it a lot all right Stu, i appreciate you doing the podcast man i hope to see you soon love you man i love you too yeah thanks thanks guys i had a lot of fun great to have you thanks man i got anything else you know, 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 you know. I think that's it. All right. Well, if you want to support us with money, then you can send us money at patreon.com slash indecorous comedy or them shits.com. Make it easier for you to find our tears on Patreon. And I'll just add that, um, you know, 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 like, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. Our Patreon supporters have really been stepping up their game lately. So, do Dwayne, maybe? I believe it was Dwayne. So, I believe he's the one that helped us land Brandon. So, thank you, Dwayne. So, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, like, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, he basically put the idea in our head. So, put it out there and so hit Brandon up and said, so make this shit happen. So, we made that shit happen. So, props. So, 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 these guys are really the ones driving the ship and we're just the drunk. So, pirates. So, in the bottom. So, fucking, so, doing whatever the dirty pirate shit is. So, well, hopefully it is Dwayne, and it's not just some black guy that looks like Chesney that you're actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can't put we can't put Ian in charge of that. Okay, yeah, it's gonna be very problematic. <laughs> All right, guys, back to you next week. Watch your cat. Watch your cat. That's the reason I like science. I'm a fan of science. Scientists operate knowing that they don't know. Scientists know that what they think is correct today might not be. They might discover some shit in 50 years and have to come back to us and go, fuck, we're sorry. (laughs) There was a question on a test in Kentucky when I was a kid. It said, list all the planets. I forgot Pluto. I failed the test. Turns out I'm a fucking genius. (laughs) ahead of my damn time. <laughs> Scientists, that's an amazing way to live, to be that fragile, that vulnerable, to know that what you have in your brain might not be correct. Fuck, it's invigorating. I just read this article, made me so happy in Scientific American Magazine. This one sentence thrilled me to death. Here's the sentence, quote, the world is round, comma, probably. Please. <laughs> We have a buttload of evidence. We've seen the fucking thing. But scientists are not willing to say definitively beyond 100% sure certainty that the fucker's round. God, what a great word. Probably. That sentence is on my fridge. My fridge says the world is round, comma, probably. So every time I go to the fridge, I think, oh, yeah, I'm dumb as shit. (laughs) That's different than religions. Religions are answers. And I love religions. I hate what some people do with religions. Yes, I hate what some people do with religions. But I don't hate religions. I think they're beautiful. To me, in my humble opinion, all religions are our ancestors attempting to answer huge, curious questions 
with no information. <laughs> That's fucking gorgeous. Just reading them, I'm, I had my mind blown. Are you kidding? Vishnu was self-born on a lotus leaf out of the Brahma's belly button? This shit's better than Star Wars. We came up with that. That's incredible. God. You imagine being alive on this planet during a time and place when the sun was going down and you didn't fucking know why. That would be scary as shit. And the sun goes down slow, too. The sun's an asshole. You ever realize that? Where in the fuck did the sun go? That was a huge question for our ancestors. It had to be. Every single ancient tradition has an answer to where in the fuck did the sun go. So you know it was on our minds. The Egyptians believed that the sun disappears at night because a goddess that lives in the sky put it in her mouth. And throughout the night, the sun actually passes through her body, and the next morning, she gives birth to it. Isn't that incredible? It's batshit crazy and a fucking liar. But at least she parties. They said, where in the fuck did the sun go? Answer number one, we don't know. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Let's make something up. Because it's too scary to live without an answer. My favorite answer to where in the fuck did the sun go? The ancient Japanese believed that the sun disappears at night and comes back the next day because the entire planet Earth rides on the back of a huge fucking catfish. If that sentence did not make you happy, we are not even similar. You don't know how many hours I've laid on a Howard Johnson's bed staring at the ceiling picturing a huge fucking catfish. And we're like a marble on its back. The catfish would have to be fucking huge. Where in the fuck did the sun go? Catfish swam away from it. That's what they believed happened. That was the cycle. Catfish swim, so the sun goes up and down because he swims. You know what they thought earthquakes were? You imagine not knowing what an earthquake is. You wake up, your whole fucking thing's shaking. God damn, what is that shit? And your roommate goes, catfish is wiggling his fucking tail. Oh, well, I'm glad I know. Imagine having environmental questions in your head. That shit you and I don't even worry about, even when it's bad weather like this. What is a snowstorm? What's a rainstorm? What's thunder? What's lightning? What's a hurricane? What's an earthquake? Somebody comes up to you and goes, well, we're on the back of a huge fucking catfish. And you go, yeah, that sounds about right. Thank God, now I know the answers. And now, thanks to scientists and curious minds, we know we ain't on the back of a huge fucking catfish. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> We've been to the moon. Astronauts turned around and looked back at Earth and went, Houston, there ain't no fucking catfish. Over. But it could be invisible. 
We have to leave I don't know in there. It's arrogant to say we ain't on a catfish. People say, oh, this country's getting so dumb. We haven't fallen from any great height.